The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Welcome back to another episode of the Ebony's and the Ivory podcast. Actually, our last episode of this season. We're excited about that and obviously more to come. Um, this is one of your two fabulous hosts, Dr. Poole, and Dr. Bell is with me as well. Dr. Bell, what's going on? Everybody, episode 24. Woo-woo. So, of course, if you're listening to this, more than likely you already uh, subscribe. But if you don't or if you know someone that doesn't, make sure that they and you are doing that on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook. That's at Ebony's in the Ivory. And then follow us on Twitter at Ebbs in the Ivory. And if you're looking for one-stop shop where you can catch up with everything that we have going on, the blog, the podcast, um, and just what we're up to, newsletters, all of that, please head to www.ebonysintheivory.com. And that is also accessible on your phone, so you can hit us up on the go. So we're here at episode 24. Um, this episode is called Feeling Myself, Celebrating Successes with Intention. So it's based off the blog for this month. Um, and this blog, or this podcast kind of surrounds women of color, um, and their journey navigating higher education and professional spaces and how it's just so easy to become inundated with checking off daily nuances mm-hmm. and, you know, completing those to-do lists and scratching things off of our bucket list, um, without actually taking time to come up for air, to pat ourselves on the back and pat our friends and our loved ones on the back for not only sur- surviving, um, as women of color, but also thriving. Yeah. So, I recently read an article. I don't even know how I came across this. Um, but the title um, of the article was, Why Don't We Celebrate Earning the Doctorate the Same Way We Celebrate Getting Married? So, mm-hmm. of course, like, I, my mouth dropped when I saw the title. I sent it immediately to you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Bull, and you were like, woo, child. Yeah, I reposted it. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> such as 
you know, buying your first house or getting your first apartment, you know, mm-hmm. moving out of your parents' house and being an independent woman or, um, you know, paying off your student loans or, you know, achieving financial freedom, being an entrepreneur, being a boss babe. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of sparked, you know, my mind and made me kind of reflect and wonder, you know, I feel like it, it is a, a valuable you know, question mm-hmm. as to why we don't celebrate those things. I remember seeing, um, I don't know if you saw this, it went viral, Dr. Poole. It was uh, a woman and she had successfully defended her dissertation mm-hmm. and basically she did a birth announcement. You remember that? No, I did didn't think I saw that. Yeah. It was a big deal. So, you know how when people do birth announcements, they have like the, the not the court board, but the, the letter board where she's like, oh, oh I did see that. This because she went yeah. to Florida State, right? Yeah. Okay, probably. okay, okay. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> go no. I think she did go to Florida State. Yeah. Um, but she made a big to do. Like, she took professional um, photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really celebrated because she literally had birthed this, this, this document. Birth. Yeah. Yeah, this, this degree. And it was a big deal. And it is a big deal. Yeah. Um. So the article proceeds um, with real life stories of how women. Um, celebrated other women and celebrated themselves um, when um, they were able to achieve um, these accomplishments. Um, So from that, I just kind of gathered that, you know, it's it's important for us as women and women of color navigating, again, professional higher spaces, navigating the Ivory Tower, that we celebrate ourselves and we pat ourselves on the back. And we don't have to wait until something big happens. We don't have to Mm -hmm. wait for what I call in the black coat elephant you know size goals to be accomplished mm-hmm. but we can it's important for us to pat ourselves on the back at every step of the way and we yeah. need to do a better job of celebrating ourselves and um the article i also found and i, I tagged in the blog it says as we make a habit um to celebrate our successes we gain momentum we gain confidence we gain fulfillment um which then permeates into our daily lives and it creates sort of this cycle this cyclical effect and I, I found this quote from auntie oprah mm-hmm. um, and she said that the more you praise and celebrate yourself and your life the more there is in life to celebrate yeah um, so i thought that was really important in that you know as you hype your own self up and as you celebrate your accomplishments that instills that confidence into all of us to be able to go out and pursue other goals and other dreams um it reminds me of um, this idea of being, you know, having self-efficacy yeah. and how self-efficacy is built is by uh, being able to accomplish small goals and small wins. So as you continue to accomplish those smaller goals, um, you are confident enough and it builds confidence and hope within you to be able to then go on to the larger goals. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to celebrate our small wins um, because they also have power. Absolutely. Definitely. So... If you're like me, because when I read it, I was like, okay, I need to do a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, an uh, article from Live Happy presents a few approaches as to how we can put celebrating ourselves into practice. Um, one of the ways is to take a break. Um, so whether that's a vacation or a staycation, um, kind of switching up our routines um, and in an effort to avoid, avoid burnout. That's um, me. You know, I stay getting on a plane. I, I don't. She, she does. Um, <laughs> she was like, where are you going I know. Like, you gotta catch them Southwest sales, you know. You know what? 
<laughs> it's worth it. It's totally worth it for your self-care and for your well-being. Um, and it gives you something to look forward to. So even though I think, you know, people will look at it like, man, like she is always going somewhere. It's like, yeah, but I probably actually planned it like three months ago or two months ago. And it just gives you. Probably, probably for, like far more in, in the past than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you see the plan stuff. Like. That's true. <laughs> but either way, I do it because I know that there are like certain points in the year for me yeah. working in higher ed that are stressful or October. um yes October. Ooh, blo- I call it bloody October. I call it bloody October. It's just October. Yeah. So no, I've learned that and it took me a while to understand that it's just October becomes this like weird month in the fall semester that just feels long and drawn out and draining. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. You have to like find time to take breaks. Um, and for some people it's not October. Hopefully there's not everybody. You need to find whatever your month or time is, um, for you. So I agree. Yeah. Um, secondly is to write a great, like write a gratitude letter to yourself. Mm-hmm. So in this way, you compile a list of things that you're grateful for, um, for yourself, not for other people, but within yourself, what you're grateful for. Um, that could be your persistence, your persistence or your resilience or being able to maintain a budget or actually, you know, working out. Dr. Boomer has been working out, y'all. Oh, yeah, um, girl. Mm. Every morning, <laughs> her, you know, we're paired on our iPhone. So like, I'm like, okay, get it. Like, I'm still half asleep. You know, I had a baby and like, <laughs> like six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, girl, I'm rooting around like half asleep. Well, she has been working out. So things of that nature, being writing a list and telling yourself of the things that you're proud of mm-hmm. within yourself. And then you can refer back to it whenever you're feeling down. Um, so that it can be sort of a positive reminder and infuse some positivity into your day. Um, also, unleashing your unleashing your inner child. So pursuing an activity that you haven't done in a while. Maybe that's riding a bike. Maybe that's hiking. Maybe that's painting with a twist. Maybe that's doing like a uh, aerobic dance class. Um, but getting out and moving. And then the article talks about having a celebrate us gathering, which I need to be a part of. Um, so linking <laughs> up with your tribe and planning an activity. Um, including like a potluck dinner or going out to happy hour, going to Sullivan, going to, um, Fleming's. Fleming's, exactly. Um, <laughs> and just toasting to your, toasting to your accomplishments. Yeah. Like toasting to your accomplishments. Um, and then another one I really like is being responsible, irresponsible. So allowing yourself the ability, the time to go to sleep a little later than you normally mm-hmm. would or sleep in a little later than you normally would um, as a means of self-care and as a means to kind of um, get out of that, you know, rigid schedule that you may have. Next is buy something beautiful. Um, whether that be fresh flowers for your home or office or something that you've been eyeing that must have splurge item. Mm-hmm. I don't need to too much of this, but um, <laughs> something that you can purchase that brings you something tangible that you can see that you can purchase that brings you joy. 
And then lastly, just being kind to yourself overall, being attentive um, to yourself as you would a spouse, as you would a child, mm-hmm. hey, Reed, um, <laughs> as you would a friend or an employer, like paying that same attention to others, um, to yourself as you do to others. And then focusing on your desires and making them a priority as well. I love those. I love every single Me one. Too. I Me too. So... Dr. Poole, why do you think we're more inclined to celebrate gender milestones more than any other accomplishments as women? I think, like you kind of mentioned earlier, we've just been socialized to think of those sort of things as the as the big things. Like you talked about sort of those like elephant moments or milestones, those big things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, history has kind of placed us in that sort of box where for women in particular – um, those are the things that actually we should be working towards instead of really understanding we actually should be working towards, you know, independence and autonomy. And with that comes the opportunity to be, you know, in a relationship or to become a mother or it actually makes you better at all of those things when you've found your sense of self. So, um, you know, I think we just have we're moving, I think, further and further away with feminist movements and stuff like that from being as tied to those gender roles um, or gender milestones. But um, I just think sometimes we feel like the career and the educational and the entrepreneurship and the home ownership things feel, uh, I don't know, maybe more serious or more or less fun, maybe less fun. Um, and I think that's because that's the way, again, society's painted that to be. Like yeah. And yeah. so it's not that we don't want to do it because obviously, I mean, women are bosses. We do it all the time, but we, for whatever reason, don't count it as like the more appealing of the milestones. And so um, we just have to start shifting like our mindset to understand that if you're going to be inclined to celebrate, you know, those like social and interpersonal milestones that involve like relationships, um, you got to do the same thing with the things that involve sort of the internal parts of you. So becoming a homeowner, starting that business, um, getting that next degree or that terminal degree. And so um, I just think, you know, society screwed us over <laughs> in simplest no, terms. Agree. Especially what you said about um, maybe those seen as not so fun moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there's this kind of proverbial to-do list that women of color and successful women have is, you know, I got to do this and check this off. I got to do this and check this off. And I don't know if most women have, oh, I got to get married. I got to check this. Like, not that you don't desire marriage or not that you don't mm-hmm. desire children, but it's not necessarily a checkoff item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in those moments, um, they allow you to have a bit of fun, just like you said, and take a step away from the grind and the hustle mm-hmm. while the accomplishments that are not gendered can be seen as part of the grind and the hustle. Yeah. Um, it's something that needs to be checked off by this time and this time. So um, I think that we have to um, to reprogram mm-hmm. uh, and, re- and restructure our thoughts um, to be able to realize that, you know, we, it's, like, we're doing the thing. Like, yeah. we're... we're you know, setting goals and smashing them, and it's important to be able to to take time and to celebrate ourselves and not just get caught in like the humdrum of it all. Yep, agreed. Um, so, how have you celebrated 
your hard work and dedication put forth this year, this year or in past years? How have you celebrated yourself, Dr. Cool? Um, for this year, um, I feel like nothing will ever, probably in life, top going to Africa for a wedding, but also for me, I knew that that was going to be my treat. It actually was in October, like we were talking about, um, being the busiest time. And so usually for me, it is some sort of trip. Um, like I mentioned earlier, just being able to connect with myself and if friends are going with me on the trip to reconnect with them. So sometimes that's with girlfriends. Sometimes it might be a solo trip or something like that. So for this year, um, I felt like that was a big one because I knew that that trip was coming since maybe like May or so. Um, and, and so, like I mentioned earlier, the trip might have been way, way, way out, but it was nice to know that as I was grinding, getting stuff done, meeting deadlines, all these things, I'm like, okay, if I can just get to October, um, I'll have this moment to breathe, but also just to celebrate, um, life and be able to celebrate, um, in that, for that occasion, a, a moment as well in somebody else's life. And so, um, I feel like I definitely, you know, for this year I've done that and I have one more trip for this year. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think in the past, especially when I think about when I, when we were, you know, in school and, um, kind of working on our dissertations, we tried to do like even the small things like a happy hour or, you know, going to the movies or just trying to make, um, make life feel more normal. And that did feel like a celebration because the pressure, the pressure was off. Um, it felt like we were actually normal people for a little bit. Um, and so even though I think sometimes people don't, don't think of, I guess those little things as celebrations, they really are. Um, those are the ways that we have to remind ourselves that at some point this journey does end and you want to still feel connected to who you are, to your family, to the people who love you. Um, and so I think I just found little ways to do that. And then like the list mentioned, um, I always am about buying something beautiful. So I like, um, unfortunately, like shoes and clothes. So, you know, there might be something that if I'm trying to hit a milestone or a deadline, um, I'll tell myself, and I might not end up actually buying anything. It's the experience for me. So I think I've already said on here how much I love home goods and I love like the Dillard's Clearance Center. And so, <laughs> so those are like my two places where I can, you know, one, just escape and kind of turn my like, uh, academic brain off, but then. Mm-hmm. Also, like, go and kind of treat myself and actually leave with, like, an overhaul of stuff, one, because of the prices, but also just feeling like um, I'm buying something, if I'm in home goods, like, to beautify the space that I occupy that's supposed to be peaceful and supposed to be restorative um, when I'm not working. And so um, those are other ways. Those are, I guess, the more daily ways I kind of like to celebrate um, being dedicated to any sort of work effort or, or accomplishment. I think for me, like I know living out here, so I don't live necessarily by all my friends or all my family, but I do have friends out here. So, you know, those small moments where I can steal away mm-hmm. uh, to be with myself because normally I'm with my son mm-hmm. you know, 24-7 um, when, I'm not, when I'm not at work or not teaching. Um, just those times to be able to go to brunch, like brunch is a big thing. Like, yeah, I think that's a like, southern thing. I love brunch. <laughs> yeah, but Houston, yeah. I've heard it's huge. So. Oh, it's it's, a, it's on a different level. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's on a different level in Houston. So 
being able to like just go to brunch and get some like bottomless mimosas and like just talk about like scholarly things and non-scholarly things um is is definitely a way that i celebrate and especially if you know, we do brunch dates like it's a serious thing so, yeah like, you plan your brunch date mm-hmm. in the beginning of the of the week it's kind of like okay well i have this to look forward to like, i get to go to brunch we're trying out these new spots um so another way is to um it's it's difficult for me because i'm i'm in a different season with being a new mom mm-hmm. um, and kind of we're working on you know his own milestones but even taking the time to like to like read my Bible and like meditate and like listen to certain things like mm-hmm. that's my time to be able to just relax yeah. and like um, I know it doesn't sound celebratory but to me it is it's like oh well I had a hard day I can't wait to go and get in the car and listen to this podcast mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to me like that's that's the daily celebration like mm-hmm. oh I might you know sit in the parking lot and work for maybe yeah. a few minutes yeah. um, and, and decompress but also you know, this, this is something that I you know look forward to doing because I've had a hard day so I'm um, just small things like that yeah. uh, definitely um, definitely and me and my husband like we at the end of the day when we put Reed to sleep we might stay up a little later and watch like you know it's Christmas time like if y'all know me y'all know how I feel about Christmas yeah, so every day I'm like, we gotta watch a Christmas movie. Watch it's like Christmas, Christmas throwing up everywhere. Yeah, like basically. So, <laughs> um, that's what we do. So, um, even like staying up a little later to watch, to be together and watch a Christmas movie. Yeah. That, those are ways that we celebrate our day yeah. as well. I love that. Um, is there an approach, including the ones um, from the list that was presented that you would like to implement for future celebrations? Um, I definitely think that um, kind of the be responsibly irresponsible one is probably, uh, I thought that was interesting. I like it because of the fact that, you know, the older you get, you're like, um, I don't have any room to be irresponsible because I have bills or I have whatever. Right, um, right. <laughs> but in actuality, that I think there is something to be said about understanding that we, especially if you're an, you know, an academic, like you kind of live a very rigid life anyway, because of like schedules and um, deadlines, like everything is about time. And so I think like you, you use great examples of saying that being like responsibly irresponsible doesn't mean you go out and do like something maladaptive, but you like, you know, make time to sleep in a little later or like, or like you said, stay up a little later or do something that, doesn't feel um in that productive mode it it just is like kind of chilling and for most of us um who are in academia we're overachievers and so we always feel like we need to be being responsible and doing something and checking things off of a list and so instead just being able to make room um to kind of free fall for a little bit I, I really like that um and then I think I I try to do this but um, like you mentioned, I live now because y'all are the friends who decided to move away, um, who are, <laughs> who, um, you know, so, so having the like celebrate us gatherings might instead be more so, um, on our group texts instead of like in person. And so I think just being able to understand that we have to do that type of stuff, you know, more or figure out how to do that in a way 
that allows us to link up with our tribe um, in other ways. So it may not be yeah. actually, like you said, it, it's great when I do get to go to brunch. I still have Gwinnett here. So I drag her yeah. to Fleming's. That's Fleming's yeah, that's yeah. my Fleming's partner. She's the only one left of the crew. I well and we always do it and then we talk about dang where's Dejlon and Cassandra and all these people we like literally in name everybody who would typically be there um and just kind of laugh that we're like the two lone rangers still there um so I I think like but fine we I think we have found ways to do that not in the in the same form so like I said having group texts and I know like me, you, and Cassandra, when something funny comes up, I'll send that to both of y'all in a group yeah. text so that we can kind of yeah. laugh together still because we spent time all together. We were writing. She was in law school. And, like, that's a bond that you keep. And you still want to know, right. like, well, what's going on with y'all and what's happening? Right. And y'all live in the same right. city, but Houston's so big, y'all don't really live in the same city. And so, um, you know, so just being able to connect, like, in that way, I think that's always... um really fun so i feel like those were things that if i'm not doing them i want to do more of um and then i i would like to just kind of keep i want to keep thinking about this i think that's why i was so excited when you sent me the article because i think there's more that could that list could be even longer if you really spend time thinking about what else you could probably do to really celebrate those accomplishments that we don't see as big or we or you know because they're not gendered we don't count them as big and to really be intentional about saying, no, this is a big deal. Like I need to tell somebody or I need to, you know, celebrate this or post about this or whatever. So just being just now, I think for me, it's going to create an awareness um, of the things that I kind of like brush off, like, oh, that's not really a big deal um, versus really being able to say, no, it is a big deal just because it doesn't kind of look the way society thinks our our celebrations at maybe this point in our lives should be. Yeah. No, you're right. That's absolutely right. I know for me, like, I, of course, when I read this, I was like, I need to do a better job because I really just, like, get up and go, like, every day. Like, I'm just getting up and going. I'm like, the time I wake up, take my son to daycare, to the time I get home and have to prepare, and my father's like, this and that, and, like, whatever I have accomplished, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, I'm, you know, we, we, we're in the race. Like, yeah, you just, like, you know, move on. Have, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, got that done. Yay, okay, like. So I think, you know, definitely for me, like being able to write down things that I'm grateful for yeah. um, and things that I, you know, am grateful for myself to remind myself that sometimes when it gets hard as a parent or as a wife or um, as a school counselor, mm-hmm. um, dealing with junior high students um, or, you know, dealing with, you know, you know, the students that I teach on campus, mm-hmm. uh, reminding yourself why this and why you're good at what you do yeah um, why you you know that rebuking yeah this is why you're here mm-hmm. i think also like getting i want to do more like getting outside getting taking my son to the park and things like that yeah. Um, I know, like, we were talking about going to Disneyland, like, forever. I know. We're going to do it. <laughs> 2020, we're gonna, 2020. We're going to do it. Like, we, <laughs> we take trips, but we need to take more trips. Yeah. So, like, being able to have, like, a, a vacation, like, taking a break. And, um, when we are, you know, in town with our friends and when we have the opportunity to just celebrate and um, be intentional about, you know, taking care of our tribe as well. So, I think those are... 
Well, then, I, mine's something beautiful like you. You know how I feel about shoes. I get really caught up in that, so I'm going to try to stay away from that <laughs> because I'm on my own financial journey, trying to get to financial freedom. So I think I'm going to take a pass on that. Um, but also just being kind to myself, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a so, great list. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're at the point now where we're going to take a, a short break. Yep. And we'll be right, right so back. We'll be right back with Culture Corner. Culture Corner. Culture <laughs> we'll be back. Mm-hmm. From having you know massive student loan debt, so 
they're packed with home. Um, I agree with all the senders and think that it is unacceptable. Um, in that, you know, partially what most, if we think about people of color, um, most folks who are trying to obtain degrees or attain degrees, um, are trying to also like work beyond some of the like systemic issues that have been created that are, you know, a result of racial bias and discrimination. So you have people going back to school, pursuing more advanced and terminal degrees, because that's the only thing that maybe gets them in the door versus their actual skill and capacity to do a job. Um, And so I think, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to think about what that might look like to, decrease or completely cancel in Jesus name uh they you know that sort of um massive right <laughs> that that sort of massive amount of debt um because then you also start to recognize that's why maybe you don't have as many you know millennials or now cuz i mean a lot of like the gen x kids now are about to graduate and i mean gen z not gen x gen z um and they won't, they're going to probably be slower about becoming homeowners and um, purchasing, you know, their first car and things like that instead of focusing on things like ownership because they'll be in debt. And so um, by at least considering figuring out ways to reduce that or after so long of being maybe out of school that it's canceled, like I think that, that it definitely should be something that they visit um, and consider looking at what, you know, an acceptable plan might be like for moving forward. Um, cause I mean, I hope that my children won't have to have college debt, but also that I don't have to feel like I have to have a million dollars saved up for them to go to college at the same time. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I agree that at least it needs to be explored, um, and can appreciate all of those senators for, you know, being thoughtful about, um, what it could at least look like, like to get the conversation going. So, no, I agree. And with this conversation about the recession looming and what that looks like for the housing markets, for the economy, and um, for job security and um, just the job outlook, um, I think it's it's important to you know to consider how you know this trillion dollar debt. Um, you know, that's so pervasive as it as it relates to student loans. Uh, I think it's it's important to consider that when we talk about how the economy is fluctuating at this moment right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I mean, like you said about ownership and home ownership, those numbers um, are drastically different um, from our parents, from the baby boomers, and mm-hmm. um, people from that era who you know were able to you know buy homes and then in that way you know build wealth. Yeah. Or build this this idea of generational wealth, um, being able to buy things outright and not be in debt mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't have to um, experience the inflation that you know we experience. You know, from homes to cars to to college tuition mm-hmm. um, to a, to you know loan um, interest percentages to whatever that looks like. Um, so I think it's really important for there to be. Um, conversations being had, serious conversations being had about the way this nation is going in regards to that. Um, you know, when we talk about like equality and equity um, and justice and financial justice, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. I agree. Definitely. It has to be. So, 
are now going to our favorite, our favorite, 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 favorite. Um, signature segment, mm-hmm. which is Ebony's in the Spotlight. Dun, dun, dun. We need like a little special theme song just for like that. A, yeah, like a bell or a ding or something. something. I don't know. Uh, a twinkle. <laughs> a twinkle. But this month, Ebony's in the Spotlight is none other than Naya Blair Hackworth, Ooh. who is the director of inclusion for the NCAA. Hey. <laughs> so, Naya, we'll take it away. Let us know all the great things that Naya is doing. Yes. Yeah, so, Naya, um, who at one point in time, and I always say that I've always had the best uh, bosses and supervisors in my experiences in working in higher ed. So, I always joke with her and tell her she'll always be my boss. So, she can always tell me what to do. But, um, Naya joined the NCAA office, um, inclusion team in August of this year after spending over a decade working at a number of institutions of higher ed, one of which being uh, the great Louisiana State University, uh, which is where I met her. Um, And so, (laughs) great. (laughs) You got to watch them tigers that got multiple degrees. They're crazy. Uh, (laughs) um, So as a director of inclusion at the NCAA, um, Naya leads partners and assists in diversity and inclusion related initiatives focusing on race and ethnicity um, with student athletes, um, including those with disabilities for member institutions and the national office. So before joining the NCAA, she served as the inaugural director, inaugural, the inaugural, inaugural director of the Center for Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Houston, where she provided leadership, strategic vision, organization, and administrative oversight of campus-wide initiative trainings and programs in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, getting to work with her, I know that she is, um, she's such a, a boss and a thoughtful leader, um, and being intentional about the needs of her students. Um, and so I know that that's not going to be any different now that she is also now working on behalf specifically of student athletes, um, and student athletes from diverse and inclusive backgrounds. Um, like I mentioned, she's worked at a number of other institutions, um, where she also did social justice, diversity leadership, um, and minority programming. Um, she has presented at a number of national conferences, regional conferences. Um, she's a qualified administrator of the Intercultural Development Inventory, which is a tool that measures intercultural competence. Um, and currently, because again, she's a boss, so she never stops. Um, she's pursuing a doctorate of education and organizational leadership, um, at Abilene Christian University. Um, she has a bachelor's degree in English from the University of Central Arkansas and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in higher ed from the University of Arkansas. So Naya, um, like I said, was my first, when I was a graduate student, um, at LSU, I was just starting actually my, um, master's, um, in clinical mental health and was looking for a GA ship in something that was just close to my values. Um, cause there weren't really GA ships in counseling or in mental health when we were in school and there still really isn't, but, um, and I came across the office of multicultural affairs at LSU and I was like, Oh, this is everything that reminded me of my college experience work. And so I remember specifically going into my interview um, and meeting Naya and Shonda, who we've shouted out on here all the time, Dr. Shonda Allen Mitchell as well. Um, you know, and really whether I was going to get that job or not, left that interview being like, I need to know these women, whoever they are, 
Um, I need them in my life. And so I'm grateful, obviously, that I got the job. Um, and not only did I get that assistantship, but then when Naya decided to drop the bomb on me that she was leaving uh, LSU, um, I was able to then step into her role and stayed in that role myself and got my feet wet in higher ed for six years. So, um, I have so much gratitude for her. She's such a wonderful person, um, you know, and obviously doing all these wonderful things. And I think the NCAA is so lucky to have her. Um, and also she's, I mean, she's technically still like a newlywed too. So we've talked today about celebrating also the life accomplishments. And so a year ago, a little over a year ago now, cause it was October, um, she got married. Um, so um, shout out to that to her hubby. Um, and so just being able to see, um, her evolve and continue to grow and continue to push herself and others, um, into the work of serving underserved populations, um, within higher education is just so exciting to see. I can't think of a more deserving person for the role that she has, but also, um, for getting to be our ebony in the spotlight for this Yay. month. Yay, Naya. Go. Yeah, yeah. Go She'll back. always be a Louisiana girl. We yes. know that. <laughs> true boss. So true boss. Definitely congrats tonight in, in all of your endeavors. Um, and keep like inspiring us, right? Yep, for sure. Well, so, Dr. Poole, like, we're about to go on break. I know, y'all. Like, this, this is, is our last episode yeah, of the year. Of this the is decade. the last episode. Of, oh, my. Don't say that. That sounds I like. Know, that Crazy, much. yeah. You're that too. Was that was too far. Much. That was too far. Um, so, so, um, yeah. Episode 24 is actually it's the end of season two of the podcast. It's the wow. end of like Dr. Bell said of a decade, which sounds a little scary. Um, and also just for us, the end of the year. So we always make sure that we remind you all to take good care of yourselves and make time to make future plans. And so for the month of December, that's what we always kind of do and, um, figure out more ways to continue to grow Ebony's in the Ivory to meet the needs of all of our folks. And so I'm excited for us to both get a break, but to be able to have time to step away so we can come back with new and fresh ideas for you guys. Um, and then to check in on some of the folks that have gotten more involved with Ebony's in the Ivory, like our mentors and mentees. So in January, you'll get to hear more about what their experiences have been like. And um, we're just excited. I'm sad. I'm sad that it's like the end, but I'm excited too. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if you're listening clearly, like, you know, our podcasts are located, but invite a friend. Um, we're again, we're on Apple Podcasts. Um, and we're on SoundCloud podcast. Um, and please follow all of our many, many social media, um, <laughs> sites and handles, um, at Ebbs and the Ivory and Ebony's in the Ivory on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And I mean, do we have like a Tumblr or like a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have all that. I don't know how to work all that stuff. Me either. Um, but visit our website as well, and if you want to catch up on old content and old podcasts, that is the place to do it. You can mm-hmm. also visit um, all of our posts and catch up on the ways that we interact with our tribe. Um, so I'm kind of I'm like sad to say that last episode for the year, but um, we wish all of you a great year, and we'll be back in the new year, like writing visions and making them plain. Twenty twenty. Um, 
and then continuing to to create goals and smash them and then celebrate um, you and celebrate ourselves as well. So, Yay. Well, we will see you guys in the new year, Ebony's, and uh, we hope that if there are things you guys want to talk about in the new year, that you will hit us up while we're on this break, and we will see you in the new year. See you in 2020. 2020, perfect vision. Look at that, twinsies. (laughs) Bye, guys. We'll see y'all next time.